Well, hello everyone and welcome to The Produce Pair. I'm Dan, The Produce Man. Today, we dig deep into the Produce Pair archives. We go all the way back to September 11th, 2002. Our guest that day on The Produce Pair radio show was chef, cookbook author, and television personality, Carlo Midioni. Now, Carlo Midioni is an absolutely graceful human being. Fantastic man and one of our favorite guests that we had on The Produce Pair radio show for several years. He's the author of several cookbooks like La Vera Cucina, Panini, Pasta, The Food of Southern Italy, Carlo Midioni's Traditional Pasta, and a few other books as well. He also had his own TV series on the Learning Channel called Carlo Cooks Italian. Carlo owned two restaurants, Vivande in Opera Plaza in San Francisco and Vivande Portavia on Fillmore Street in San Francisco as well. Oh, folks, we had such a great time. Now, the, today's show starts out with a little interview with David Mixon from DNA World Fruit Sales. Now, DNA World Fruit Sales brought us Australian navel oranges and tangelos and clementines in the summertime when that fruit is not available here in the U.S. It comes from down under because the seasons are reversed. And then Carlo jumps in and they start talking a few recipes. And then David exits and Guido, the gardener, Dan the produce man, and Carlo Midioni take it from there. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful time that we had back in 2002 with Chef Carlo Midioni on The Produce Pair. Live from Northern California, it's The Produce Pair with Dan the Produce Man and Guido the Gardener. Your show on fresh fruits and vegetables, what's hot on the produce market, items you see in the grocery stores, farmers markets, or your favorite produce stand. Now here's America's natural grocers, Dan the Produce Man and Guido the Gardener. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Produce Pair on this fine-looking Saturday in September. I'm Dan, your Produce Man, along with... Guido the Dishwasher. <laughs> and we're here to talk to you about fresh fruits and vegetables and other food items as well. Today we're broadcasting live from my favorite produce stand, Paul's Produce, on the lovely island of Alameda, California, which is nestled right in the heart of the San Francisco Bay. We have a great show coming up for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about those Australian navel oranges and tangerines that you see in the supermarkets and your produce stands these days. And we also have Carlo Midioni, who is joining us live. Carlo is a chef and an author and a restaurant restaurant tour. Is that what it's called? Restauranteer, restaurant tour. It, Rest- it is now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and one of our absolutely best friends, because he always brings manja. <laughs> I, I know I wouldn't be welcome if I came empty-handed. I've oh, learned this over time. Oh, yes, you would, kind of. Oh, yeah. I know you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Everything looks wonderful, and we're going to have a great show come up for you today. 1-800-298-TALK is the number if you'd like to join us and just give us a jingle. If you want to talk food, it doesn't necessarily have to be produce because we do have a uh, world-renowned chef with us. So anything that you want to talk about, give us a call. Uh, 1-800-298-TALK. We are the produce pair, but first we're going to hear from the National Cancer Institute and Chef Graham Care. We're going to step in the kitchen with him, and we'll be right back after this. Okay, folks, we are the produce pair. I'm Dan the Produce Man, and... I am Guido the Gardener. I finished my dishwashing, so I'm no longer the dishwasher today. Our guest today, we we have a very, very fun show lined up today in the uh, produce studio. 
here at Paul's Produce in Alameda, California, in the heart of the San Francisco Bay Area. Our guest live is Carlo Midioni, who owns uh, two restaurants in San Francisco, the food, let's say it, the food capital. The food capital of the world. That's it. That's and also, baby. on the line with us is David Mixon, who uh, is with DNE World Sales, and they bring us those juicy, sweet Australian navel oranges and miniolas and other tan tangellos. You've heard about them for the past few weeks. They are a sponsor, a proud sponsor, a fa almost a favorite sponsor. We've got we can't say favorite because we have other other sponsors, but well, no, they've been a loyal loyal sponsor. You know what? I think they're a fantastic sponsor, and I'll tell you why. Tell us, and not just because they're a sponsor. <laughs> they uh, suck up, suck up. They are really doing something fantastic for everybody, and that is bringing us oh. navel oranges Look during it. the season where we cannot have navel oranges. So they're actually bringing us a winter fruit in the summer to mix with our summer fruits, and they're also bringing us miniolas and clementines. It's a fantastic treat this time of the year, and I'm very, very happy to have them. So, David, welcome to the Produce Pair. I'm bored. Are you there, David? Yes, I am. Can you hear me oh, okay? There you are. Sure, we got you. So did you did you survive the uh, electrical storm down there? <laughs> Actually, I apologize for the connection. I am on my uh, mobile phone, my cell phone, uh, and my uh, my residence lines are still down. The office lines are still down, so we still have a little bit of a problem to work with. Boy, that sounds too good over there. <laughs> well, we're we're not we're not we hate that we we hate to uh, sort of rain on your parade, but here in here in San Francisco Bay Area, it's absolutely beautiful. And you know one reason it's beautiful is I'm slicing up. These are, I, I mean, I'm taking a bath in these, David. I'm slicing up an Australian navel orange, and holy tomatoes, the juice in this fruit is absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, oh, they're fantastic. So, We've yeah, uh, so really enjoyed having the, the navel oranges and uh, all the citrus that you send in from Australia. So tell folks what we can find right now in the stores and how this came about a little bit. Well, the important part uh, uh, of the uh, Australian program is obviously being off-season and at, uh, being in the middle of their winter down at the middle of our summer, so it, it makes it very nice for it to be Southern Hemisphere-grown product. Uh, the, the, the growing um, area in which this product comes from, from the Murray River Growing District of uh, New South Wales and um, South Australia, the states are uh, very similar to the uh, at growing districts of uh, Southern California. Very nice, very uh, arid. Um, uh, a lot of the irrigation comes off the Murray River. What you can look for right now and, and uh, in the grocery stores is look for your all Aussie section. We, it's a nice little ring about it. Uh, it has a, um, a complementary of, of course, the uh, beautiful uh, seedless navel oranges, also the Mineola tangelos, uh, and we have a few mandarins, which we uh, just brought in uh, just to finish up the season. It's uh, a mandarin uh, very similar to a, a tangerine, almost identical to a tangerine, but actually the flavor is, is absolutely beautiful. And all of the products eat very similar to that of California grown, but I must admit that the, the juice and the, the amount of juice inside of each piece of fruit seems to outweigh the uh, domestically grown product by quite a bit. Yeah, I think it, so. <laughs> the reason, David, the reason we're chuckling is while while you were explaining about the fruit, I'm cutting it here for all our uh, all our hungry mouths at the table, of which there are many today. And this, I'm, I, it is a, the juice is dribbling down my knuckles halfway past my wrist for Pete's sake. Yeah, and Delicious especially fruit. with uh, the the last season that we had here in California being so messed up, you know, small crop first, and then the freeze came and destroyed half half of everything. These are some fantastic pieces of fruit that you have here, and we appreciate you bringing them into the U.S. 
Now, I'm kind of curious because I have seen them more this year than in, in years past. I imagine, what, five years ago, these probably weren't around or just kind of dribbling around, and now the, the crop is fairly sizable and people can find them around. Yeah, actually, we've been involved for seven years. In the first two years, you're absolutely right. You know, we, we probably, um, in the last two years alone, tripled the volume coming into the U.S. simply because of the, uh, the awareness by the consumer. The retailers are very much aware of the quality of the product, and through demos and, and working with the uh, consumers at retail level. The education cycle has come around and I think that everyone that's ever had any any experience with the Australian product is extremely pleased uh, to say the least and are looking for it now. It becomes a, a staple item that everyone is looking for come uh, the beginning of July. It's fantastic. Now Carlo Midioni is with us and Carlo is a chef, a master chef, and he has some fantastic citrus recipes that I think would tie in real well with these Australian naval oranges. Hi Dave, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. It's good to be on board with you. Let me tell you what we do in good old Sicily, and this is really, I think, a very special thing. You just take uh, an orange or more. I, I allow at least one orange per person and a lemon per person, and I peel them so that the skin and the white pith, you know, is completely gone. Slice the oranges thick, the lemons thin. Just scatter them on a plate and just absolutely drown them in extra virgin olive oil, the best you can get. Lots of cracked pepper, red onion slices or chopped as you like, and then top it with chopped mint and or basil. And you let it sit for a few minutes and then eat it with bread. I tell you, mm -hmm. I tell you, is really I'm, I'm making myself so hungry. <laughs> well, we'll send we'll send we'll, we'll send out for pizza if you get really hungry. No, no, we're gonna eat oranges here. Oh, okay. no, but these, these are really super good. And, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to uh, you know usually it's a winter dish because that's when you get yeah. you know the the thing. So it's great to be able to make that all through the summer with really high quality produce. That's mm -hmm. the key, you know. Yeah. Now, how long are we going to be seeing these things on the market here? In United States. Well, I'm afraid that this year, unlike the past years, we've had the opportunity in the last two years to be able to uh, to have them available at the shelf uh, until the end of October. But I'm afraid this year it may be the first or second week of October. That might be the end of it this year. We're sorry to say. Mm -hmm. Okay, so normally, uh, and that's with all all the varieties of citrus that you're sending in. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, in a normal year, would there be an overlap in the California or no? Traditionally, not. No, it's just about uh, the wine up in a traditional year it's a late start for california which means that there will actually be a gap between the uh, australians and the californians this year which is what we were not anticipating nor wanting but i'm afraid this year due to the uh, the weather conditions obviously in california that did such damage out there for the uh, poor growers in california but fortunately um, it looks like they will get started approximately the last week in october there may be about a week or 10 days that there will be a gap this year beautiful well, well, well that's one, okay one good thing thing, though, about citrus is it is fairly storable. I mean, you could mm. you could kind of load up and keep them in a cold spot of your refrigerator, and you can still enjoy that sweetness and that juice and that flavor. I, I hate to say this, but I I like the fact that there is a gap because it ends one growing area in certain varieties, and then uh, you have a mild gap, and then it begins the varieties again from another area so that you, you, know, you have a beginning and an end of a season, actually, mm. instead of this, this overlap, which is, you know, overlap is fine. Go ahead, Carlo. You know, I just thought of something else. A friend of mine in Sicily who learned this from a Neapolitan. You see how it all goes. 
Is this guy Italian or what? Uh, well, what do, you, what do you expect? You know, Guido, what do you think? Um, and Dave, this would really tie in with your product. Ah. It's uh, risotto ai agrumi. It means a citrus risotto. You make a, a standard risotto with chicken stock. Let me using, write this down. Using the best arborio or carnaroli rice. And then you put in um, a completely, uh, uh, you know, the membrane removed from um, a grapefruit, orange, and lemon. And you stir it around. And at the end, you put a nice big amount of Parmigiano cheese. And I tell you, it seems like a weird combination, but it is so good. It's one of the most popular dishes I do. Oh, if you have yeah. a good orange. Okay. That, that yeah. does not by no means sound weird at all. In fact, if you don't <laughs> mind, gentlemen, I'm going to pass and go straight to the kitchen now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now, David, now you know why Carla was one of our absolute favorite guests here, because the, the man can cook. Absolutely. Hey, David, we really appreciate all the citrus that comes in this time of the year, and we appreciate you being on the show with us today. We I'm sorry? You, and we, we appreciate you, and we appreciate your listeners that uh, uh, that uh, that have been so um, so obviously and thrilled with the product and taking of the Australian navel oranges and the Australian citrus. Beautiful. Thanks a lot. David Nixon from Australian Citrus. We are the Produce Pair. 1-800-298-TALK is the number. Give us a call. That's 1-800-298-TALK. Carlo Midioni is our guest right here at Paul's Produce. And he has some wonderful things lined up here on the table. Looks like some uh, figs and some bread that he made. And we're going to get into that after we break for some commercials. So Quick break. That's Quick right. Break. Get your, I'm hungry. your papers and pencils ready. and your and, Or uh, throw a tape in the tape deck and record the show so you can get some uh, good recipes. We'll We'll be back right after this. Welcome, Welcome back, to, back the to the produce fair. <laughs> I'm Dan, your produce man, and he is Guido, the giggling gardener. And with us is Carlo Midioni. Quickly, Carlo, you, you have a few books that you've written, so why don't you plug those real quick? Uh, well, uh, the, the book that has really become a classic. It's called The Food of Southern Italy, and it's uh, really a, a tour of from Rome all the way down to Sardinia and Sicily. And it's a great book. It's been used as a reference book by the New York Times for years, but it's really well written. I mean, and the recipes are real, and they're delicious, and they're doable. And then I have another one that may be hard to find. It's called La Vera Cucina, the, the True Cooking. And I'm going to uh, bean my publisher, Simon & Schuster, because they're not putting it out. So I'm going to another publisher, and it'll be, I hope, out under another title pretty soon. Then I have uh, Carlo Midione's Traditional Pasta, which um, is uh, it, it's all about pasta, and those are all doable. That's a very popular book. And if you like to eat pasta, you should have that one. Now, okay. are, these books, are these books available in, in general at your oh, local yes. bookstores yeah. or Everybody. log on to www? Yeah. Right. or something right. like that. Exactly. And all the big bookstores will have them. Okay. And a lot of the small now, ones, too. Well, we know you've done TV, and are you doing any TV shows at this time or, or not? No, I'm uh, doing radio right now. With two <laughs> <really good. laughs> well, just, good. And doing a darn fine job of I, it, Well, too, I didn't want to confuse you. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are. because yeah, I didn't see any cameras. <laughs> no, <laughs> We got two. Carlo brought one. And, That's right. Oh, and, my, uh, and Megan's my, got one. Yeah. Hey, we have a listener on the line, and she would like to speak with Carlo. She's calling from San Leandro, California, and probably listening to us on KATD 990 or on the Internet. Rita, welcome to the Produce Pair. Hello Hi, there. Rita. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, actually, I have two questions. But first off, I want to tell you, Carlo, that I do have your pasta cookbook. Oh, good for you. Yes, wow. I have that uh, one. Brains but and my, beauty. My I love questions, that. It's, it's a question that kind of sits in the back of my head, and every t it's about pesto. 
I've been making pesto for many years and my mother before me, etc. And I have seen some recipes for pesto that also have parsley in them. And mm. I don't, I have never put parsley in mine. And I was wondering, is there any reason for putting parsley in it? Well, you know, there, uh, pesto just means something that's been pounded. So you can make it with whatever you want. But the classic one that we all know is from around the area of Genoa, you know, in the region of Genoa. And it's basil and pine nuts, Parmigiano cheese, olive oil, salt and pepper and garlic. Lots of it. Right. Um, well, I'm Genovese, so <laughs> I go to that <laughs> well, one. Well, good for you, yeah. But the parsley, I think it could be one way to extend it when uh, basil was not that easy to get. Uh-huh. Or sometimes uh, people couldn't. And now you can get it all year round. You know, people, everybody's growing it. So I think that's the reason. But I think if you're doing the classic style, you don't put it in. However, there is something the Sicilians make, which is like a salsa verde, which is almost like a pesto, except it's fine chopped instead of pounded. But the ingredients are almost the same. Right. No cheese in it. But uh, otherwise, it's uh, they put almonds in it, too. Almonds and tomato. Mm. And, and that's tomatoes. Very good. It's, a, and you know, it's a pesto from Trapani. Well, and that's I, very good. I tell you what, Rita, if uh, if you've got the, uh, the urge for pesto, I I've got an entire backyard full of basil, and it's starting to uh, sprout a little. So if you want, leave your <laughs> leave your address with our engineer. I'll send you a bushel full of pesto. You'll have a ball. I'll take oh, it. that's great. I'll take it. <laughs> Good for you. That's, but I also thanks. have another question, please. Okay, uh, go right ahead. When I've, I've been cooking for a lot of years, and lately, or maybe always, I, I make meatloaf, and when I slice it, it seems to fall apart on me. Oh, I know And why. I, you know, it's not... A, a solid piece. Sometimes it, it just literally falls apart, and I do put eggs in it, and I put bread in it, but maybe I'm not putting enough of, of something in it. Well, I think you're probably not putting enough bread in it because that's really the bind. And I'll tell you something else. There's not very much fat in any kind of meat you buy now. It's, it's just almost impossible. And, you know, I believe, you know, I look very youthful because I've always been on the, the FAT treatment. You know, it's fat. <laughs> it's under the skin. I have fat, no wrinkles around cream. the eyes at all. No. Yeah. Um, but um, one of the things is that if you add a little bit more fat, maybe a little bit more cheese would do it. But add uh, maybe 20% more bread and see whether that helps it uh, at all. When it when it's uh, crumbles like that, there's not enough bind to it. I wouldn't put too much egg in because then it's going to taste too eggy. But give that a whirl and see what happens. I hope, I hope that helps you, Rita. We're up against the clock here. We're going to break for the news. Thanks for calling the Produce Pair today with Carlo Midioni. I'm Dan, your Produce Man. And I'm Guido. The to, Now I'm the listening gardener. I'm taking notes. Okay, he's, <laughs> he's changing his name every five minutes, but it's okay, folks. It's still the same show, The Produce Pair. 1-800-298-TALK is the number if you'd like to join The Produce Pair with Carlo Midioni. Don't go away. Okay, folks, we're back with the produce pair, and uh, first I want to tell you something, folks, you know, did you forget to go shopping at your favorite natural grocery store? Are you sitting at home right now saying, man, I don't feel like going to the store? No fear! WholeFoods.com is your online natural grocer. That's right, folks. Walk the aisles of WholeFoods, uh, WholeFoods.com and click whatever item you want, and it's delivered to your door the very next day. That's right. Just because WholeFoods.com's everyday prices are as much as 40% lower, than retail prices, that has not stopped them from putting hundreds of products on special. They've reorganized their specials so that they can find what you want faster. Visit the specials at WholeFoods.com slash Market Specials. Uh, Whole Foods St. John's Wort, vitamins, food, anything. Anything you want. WholeFoods.com. Just go on the internet, click it, and it's there the very next day at your door. You can't beat it, can you, Guido? And you can't beat fresh-picked 
Enza apples. Enza apples are the fresh summer apple because they are grown in New Zealand where the seasons are reversed. Mm. The first, you're eating, I can I'm tell. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's eating Carlo Midioni's food. The first to arrive each summer is the Royal Gala. Then we have the Enza Brayburn, the Enza Granny Smith, Pacific Rose, and Fuji. This year, there's a chance you and your family can win a trip to New Zealand. Just look for the Looney Tunes characters on each variety of apple. At the display, pick up an Enza passport. Attach the stickers, send it in with your receipt, and you can be on your way. The stickers are your ticket. Okay, we are the produce pair. 1-800-298-TALK is the number if you want to speak with Carlo Midioni, who is passing out some fantastic bread. Carlo, why don't you tell the folks what this is? Uh, this is a Sicilian bread made with uh, wheat flour and with semolina, which is also mm. wheat flour, but it's that yellow, wonderful, uh, textured stuff. And then I made it into a braid, which is very traditional, and then I coated it mm. with some uh, sesame seeds. And then I also ground up a little bit of fennel seeds and put that on. That's my uh, own idea. And some poppy seeds because I figured, you know, I'm I'm American. Why not? Uh, I can taste I can taste the, the fennel. Can you really? Oh, yeah, and that's really good. Delicious. And what, uh, Carlo, what's in what's in the... Um, well, wait. Just salad. Wait a minute. You didn't talk about our antipasto yet. Oh, we, okay. You know what? Now, Guido, All right, uh, I told you. I'll, I told you. I'll take a back okay. seat. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we started out with some really beautiful black mission figs here. The other ones that I love are the calamurna, those mm -hmm. beautiful big green ones that are just so uh, red on the inside. And I made a little uh, a little j uh, Parmigiano ice cream. Actually, it's just cream and cheese that's sort of heated together, and then you let it cool. But you can use goat cheese. And so I like to get fresh uh, figs. And I like the, the green and the black mixed because it's pretty. I put just a little bit, like a half a teaspoon of cheese on them and pass them around. It's delicious with wine, you know, white, good dry white wine. With red wines, it's exceptional. And that's really an easy thing to do. And it's one way to get some cheese in your diet, but also to get some fruit. You know, a lot of people, and you know, how many appetizer type things can you think of that have fruit? And that's one of my absolute favorite. And then, uh, I mean, I know it's the time to buy all this, but when you can't get the fresh figs, then I get the dry calamarnas and I get the biggest, most expensive ones I can find. And I soak them in red wine or marsala. <laughs> Oh, and Marsala, can you imagine yeah, that for a couple sweet? of days until they soften up, then I cut them in half and I do the same thing. And, it, and then I drink some Marsala with it. <laughs> oh, man. But if you don't like Marsala, you have red wine, okay? Absolutely. I give you permission. <laughs> yeah, and these and these figs, we've got, right now we've got black mission figs here on the table. But there are, there's black missions, there's Calmirners, there are Kadotas, the other smaller green fig. And figs. Oh, and that turkey one. Oh, the, the brown turkey, brown turkey fig. Which yeah. I love those. The big, a bigger yeah, brown big. fig with that kind of purple. And, the, and, and many of those varieties are in your stores right now or kind of in the middle of uh, toward the, the latter part of the second season of, of figs. Very, very nutritious figs. And another thing is that if you eat meat, you could take a little bit of pancetta, which is the Italian-style oh. bacon, but it's not smoked, and just wrap a little piece around a, like a turkey fig or a half of one and bake it or broil it till it's just barely sizzling hot and then eat that with wine, because, you know, I, uh, wine is a form of fruit. Now, remember this. That's right. Um, and so you have to have your, uh, your, your five a day, so I have three wines and two chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love you, Carlo. I, I know my priorities. I'm trying to get a job at the USDA. They won't let me in. Abundanza. Echo. Baby. But then what else I brought here, which, um, you know, I love carrots. And I'm I part rabbit. I mean, I just eat carrots all day long. Most people just say they're boring. Well, you know, sometimes when I want to boil them, I add a little tiny bit of um, uh, powdered sugar and marsala and butter. And they really are good with, like, meat, if you like. But this today, I'm, I took some uh, carrots and I just cut them in, you know, little finger-sized pieces, and I sautéed them for a little while, and then.
then I put them in the oven to let them get a little caramelized, you know, like you get around a roast. Mm-hmm. Then, I, then I put some of these heirloom tomatoes, this yellow, um, the, the golden, uh, I forget the name of it. And then like a gold jubilee. Gold, that's exactly right. And then the red one. And then some Romano beans, which I just uh, mm-hmm. cooked till they were tender. Put a little red onion and chopped up, balsamic vinegar, extra virgin olive oil, salt and pepper. And I think it's a really great salad. And, you know, this could serve as the side of a dish of uh, fish or meat or fowl. Ooh. Or it could be a salad, you know. And it's quite colorful, too. Yes. Oh, it's delicious. colorful, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, Carl, I have, a, uh, I have a cauliflower question. What can folks... Give us something for cauliflower that's different. Mm. Mm. Well, you know what I'm... <laughs> and you caught him with a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's good. Uh, I've been eating here. Put me on hold until I'm finished. <laughs> you got a cough button right there. <laughs> well, i tell you what. I, my favorite way uh, with cauliflower, one is just boiled mixed with garlic and parsley and black olives as a salad, hot or cold. Mm. But my other favorite way, which people really like, is to boil it until in pieces, maybe about the size of an orange or a little smaller, right? About the size of a lemon, let's say. Boil pieces like that until it's just barely tender. Don't overcook it. Then you dredge it in a little bit of uh, salt and pepper and then flour, egg, and breadcrumbs, and then fry it. Oh, my It is gorgeous to look at, you know. And if you save the, you know, all the leaves, like it comes in in its own little basket-like shape. Oh, yeah. What I do is I save that and trim it until it's really pretty. Then after I fried everything, I sort of loosely put them all back in there. And I tell you, people that hate uh, cauliflower, especially kids, you know, say, oh, you know, I don't want that. They'll eat it up. And it's nothing in it that you shouldn't have, you know. Well, it's unfortunate you can't get the leaves anymore. Well, it's hard to get the leaves these days. Well, once in a while you can, though, you know. And when I do, I just buy them because they're they're really pretty, you know. And they're good to eat. Yeah. The leaves themselves are good to eat just as a green. Mm -hmm. I I enjoy it a lot. Well, I tell you, if if my little almost 10-year-old Sarah Bell is listening in, this is the way (laughs) you're going to see some cauliflower, sweetheart. (laughs) And anybody with kids, jot that down. 1-800-298-TALK is the number, folks. 1-800-298-TALK. Talk. We are here with Carlo Midioni. He is an A number one chef. He has two restaurants in the city of San Francisco. He's got some books out. Which, um, again, before before we head out, we want to we want to get those titles and how you can get a hold of those. And we're eating, folks. That's right. <laughs> we are the produce pair. Before heading out, like Guido said, for this summer's fun. Or hey, how about before your child heads out for the first two weeks of school, make sure to pack up plenty of sugary, sweet, juicy Australian navel orange. Naval oranges during the summer, you say, you bet. And the land down under the time is ripe for these bright orange, seedless, and easy-to-peel summer fruits. Include sections of Australian naval oranges atop green or spinach salads, or mix them into a refreshing fruit salad. And don't forget the old-fashioned way, just peel and enjoy. So this summer, look for the Australian naval oranges, along with a complete line of specialty citrus fruits from the land down under. To learn more about these juicy, refreshing fruits, visit them on the web at www.dneworld.com. That's dneworld.com. Com, available loose or in convenient three-pound bags, Naval Oranges from Australia. And we just heard a little bit on that at the, at the beginning of the program. We had the folks on from Australian Naval Oranges. So they'll be around for a couple more weeks, and they'll be gone. So pack them up. And speaking of uh, south of the border fruit, we have Zespri Kiwi. And that is from the island country of New Zealand. The familiar fuzzy kiwi fruit is not only delicious, it is nutritious. Rating number one out of 27 popular fruits in providing the recommended levels of seven essential nutrients. Vitamin C, A, E, folic acid, potassium, magnesium, and dietary fiber. Zespri kiwi fruit is also rich in antioxidants, which may help prevent the, pro- the onset of... <laughs> this is th- I'm sorry, folks. This is tough. Carlo is serving up a, a, a heck of a meal here, and, I, and I'm trying to take He's care of He's trying to read something he wrote. And, uh, yeah, well, I'm actually, listening. You I'm usually listening. write them really well, Guido, with this one. <laughs> Was this tough to read? Do you know- well, 
Yeah, go ahead and read, right. read it slow. Zespri kiwi fruit is also <laughs> rich in ex- uh, antioxidants. <laughs> this one here, this this one here is a highlight. This is a highlight tape, I can tell, uh, which may help prevent the onset of and inhibit the progression of certain ailments. From New Zealand, Zespri kiwi fruit. And now this from the network. We'll be back after this. Okay, before we broke, folks, uh, we were going to talk about Carlos' books. He was going to, uh, what was he going to do, Guido? Tell us. <laughs> I'm doing this to Guido because his mouth is full. And I want to try and get him to speak on the air with his mouth full. I'm sorry. <laughs> Usually it's his foot in it. This is an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, I do have to trim my toenails. I'll take a break. <laughs> um, no, Carlo, you've got uh, you've got some fantastic books out there. I just wanted you to share it with the with the listeners, the titles, and where they could get a hold of them. Well, I'm very shy, but let me quickly tell you that the the, the food of Southern Italy is a, a phenomenal book. It takes care of all of the food of the region south of Rome, including the island Sardinia and Sicily. It's a, it's a beautiful book, quite big and quite a valuable book, and it's a classic. Then I have La Vera Cucina, the the true cooking from the farms and home homes of uh, Italy. It's a regional book. And then I have Carlo Midioni's traditional pasta, which I think is really should be in everybody's cupboard because I tell you all about pasta, how to make it, how to cook it. And then the nice part is that the sauces are all really simple because, you know, in the end, there are very few pasta dishes want a really complicated sauce. Now, you could ha- have that, but mostly it's pasta, you cook it, and you want something simple to go with it, and it's really delicious. So I, I urge you to buy all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Let's go right out now. Okay, okay arugula oil. Now, how do we make arugula? Say that again. Arugula oil. Well, I tell you, we I brought some uh, eggplant. I sliced it the long way. First, I always washed the eggplant, and then I sliced it about a quarter inch thick, and I fried it. And Or you could grill it or broil it. It'd be very good that way. A little extra virgin olive oil on top, salt and pepper, and then when it's just done, you take it out and cool it. And then I made some rolled up with various cheeses. I had one with fontina and goat cheese in it. I think that's the one I had. Very, very creamy. Very, isn't that nice? Oh, and you delicious. can eat them hot or cold. And the nice thing is that once you've rolled it up, it looks a little bit like a taco. You know, you just roll it the short way then. And you can eat and, it just like this? And you can eat it just like that. So, and that's exactly how you're eating it. I think this yeah. is impressive. <laughs> and it proves that uh, fingers were made before knives. Saves time, too. <laughs> um, and then you can also make some with sautéed mushrooms. I get a variety of mushrooms. I just put like a tablespoon in there of it and nicely flavored salt and pepper. And then you um, just roll it up. And then you can eat that as a, a room temperature salad or a, a starter course. Or you can heat it up in the oven and it's a great accompaniment to other things. But I like it. I've made some arugula, sort of pesto or oil, if you want to call it. Four ingredients. I took a, uh, one cup, one full cup of arugula, packed it really, really tight in there, leaves, put it in my blender. I put a third of a cup of extra virgin olive oil. You can put more in. It doesn't matter. Pinch of salt, pinch of pepper, and turned it on until it was really smooth and eat it. It is so good on everything. That's you can, it. You just mix it into the it. oil. There's no yeah. cooking or anything no, involved just, in this. Uh, and, you know, the color holds. It'll, in, in your refrigerator, it'll stay for 10 days in perfect condition. Now, did you? Uh, this is mature arugula leaves or, or uh, baby arugula? No, leaves? I like mature things. I, you know, I love babies, but only if I can kiss them and cuddle them, and uh, everything else. <laughs> and then give them back to their mother. Give right? them back yeah. to, you, you got that part right. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, you know, like the microgreens, are sort of wasted on me. I, I'm not going to bang them, uh, you know, or badmouth them. But 
You know, I was given some in the restaurant recently, and I finally asked for a very large piece of soft bread so that I could mop them up and eat them. The forks, I mean, <laughs> right. no. You know, I'm going to go to the bonsai store and get some special tweezers so that I can eat my <laughs> micro salads. I think they're cute, and the idea is great. But for me, I like uh, mature things like arugula. I like big stalks, and I like that really crunchy, bitter, uh, peppery, meaty, flavor. peppery yeah. flavor. Yeah. That's why I asked you, yeah. because there's a there's a definitely a difference in flavor between the mature arugula and the bitterness and the, and the pepper versus the baby, which has more nutty flavor. Exactly. And I like them both, but I'm, when, in the micros, I just don't deal with that. But with this um, pesto, or, I mean arugula oil, uh, then I can put this on fish. It's incredible on grilled fish. You can make a broiled chicken, put some of that on. You can put it on pasta. Pasta and, with yeah, some, oh, some yeah. tomatoes. and you, yeah. you know what? If you put a few chopped tomatoes, just barely warmed up in the pan with some garlic and olive oil, toss it in the pasta, and then sprinkle on some of this wonderful arugula oil. Oh, it's a killer dish, you know. Oh, it's so good. It's easy. So a third of a cup of uh, extra virgin olive oil or a little bit more, a little salt and pepper, a full pack cup of uh, arugula, and bingo. There you are. Put the, put it in the blender, and you've got it. you got quite a bit. Look at this, folks. Mm. Amazing, amazing recipes you're getting here today on the Produce Pair Radio Show from Carlo Midioni. 1-800-298-TALK is the number. If you have a question or uh, want to share a recipe, just give us a call. We're going to break for some commercials. It's Carlo, open the lid <laughs> the, to open another the, Tupperware the, container. The, the last None dish. size. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the last the dish None of size. The day. Here we go. Coming up <laughs> right after these messages from uh, the network. Oh, actually, from your local stations. Okay, we're back with the produce pair, folks. I'm Dan, your produce man, along with... Guido the gardener. I'm the regular gardener now. Okay, and... I'm Carlo Midioni. I'm uh, I'm here eating. <laughs> <laughs> and he's cooked up a wonderful storm here. Um, Nun's thighs. Tell us who Yes, well, I, you know, this is an absolutely classic dish, and I don't want to offend anybody, and I don't think I am, because even the clerics, the priests, you know, in Rome, refer to this by the Gaussian demonica, you know. And um, what it is, it's wonderful uh, ripe. You have to get nice ripe plums, and you cut them in half about two-thirds of the way. You open it up like a book and take the pit out and put it into a heavily buttered dish. And then you, you pour about, uh, oh, you know, uh, about a quarter of an inch up with red wine sprinkled all over. And then sugar. And then dot it with a little butter. And then you sprinkle the whole thing with uh, black pepper, fresh ground. Oh. And you bake it for about 25, 30 minutes. So you butter a dish, open your plums up, take the pit out, put them in there, pour red wine on as much as you like, sugar to taste. Uh, the fruit, the, If the fruit's really ripe, you use less sugar. Then you just dot it with a little butter and then sprinkle on your uh, plenty of uh, black pepper. And that's it. And, you know, some people tell me they like to have this as an accompaniment to pork or to uh, chicken. Ooh, yes. You know, no, I can see the pork. Yes. Yeah, sure. It makes a good, that you plum. Know, Ooh. You could add mascarpone to it or ice cream. But, you know, the thing is that once you make this, if you like it, then you have a dessert one day and you could have a really 
really good sort of like a relish based on good oh, fresh fruit yeah. for things afterwards, you know? That's right. The pork and chicken and stuff like that. And I think it's exotic, uh, but it's not fussy. I think mean, anybody can do it. How about and, with uh, turkey? Oh, this would be, you know what? If you can get uh, plums, I, I don't know if you can get them around turkey time, Thanksgiving, but if you can find them, I would certainly do this. But you can do it with other fruit, nectarines, peaches, fresh apricot. All of which aren't um, around at, at Thanksgiving. Exactly, yeah. yeah but, but what if you what if you froze them? Would it would you be able to use use them for this recipe if you froze them as well? You know what? That's a good idea. I think I would cut them, uh, take the pit out, lay them on a pan, you know, like you do berries, put right. them in the freezer until they're hard, and then bag them in the, 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 the strong closed thing, you know, like a Ziploc. And then when you want to make this, I would put them frozen into the into the right. buttered dish, and then go ahead with the the red wine and the sugar and the and the um, red pe- I mean the black pepper and bake them. Oh man, that's uh, tasty. That yeah. is tasty. Isn't that good? And just and just the texture, that soft kind of melt in your mouth, yeah. right? Plum dripping sugar. Oh. <laughs> Hey, yeah folks, me. if you're in the yeah Bay Area, me. in San Francisco Bay Area, make sure you stop into Vivandi Ristorante and Vivandi Portavia and uh, have some of Chef Carlo Midioni's fine, fine foods that he talked about here today. And nice website. It's uh, citychef.com. Is, is that right? Um, you know, I'm not sure. It's supposed to say... <laughs> <laughs> it has the name Vivandi in there. <laughs> go, go to your browser and uh, and yeah, type yeah. in Vivandi, which means good things to come. Is that what it means? Or? Well, it, the, the root word is viva things of life but um vivande are things to be eaten things to be eaten which folks. we have done a fine fine job of today well i can i commend you you're very good eaters <laughs> yeah well, and with a microphone in front of you it's it's not that easy well, but, but you manage yeah, well, yeah, just yeah, move it out of the way that's <laughs> the, all the, the microphones reading the commercials eating <laughs> we are the produce pair and we want to thank chef carlo midioni with being being with us here today on the produce pair well dan and guido it was all as always a lot of fun and a great pleasure, and eat well, eat lots of fruits and vegetables, everybody, because I'll know if you don't. <laughs> okay, folks, I'm Dan, your produce man, saying thank you for a real good time. And I am Guido the Gardener, and I'll tell you what my Nona Bessie always told me, manja. <laughs> Before heading back to school, make sure to pack up plenty of sugary, sweet, and juicy Australian navel oranges. Navel oranges during the summer, you say? You bet in the land down under the time is ripe for these bright, orange, seedless, and easy-to-peel summer fruits. Include sections of Australian navel oranges atop green or spinach salads. Or mix them into a refreshing fruit salad. And don't forget the old-fashioned way, just peel and enjoy. So this summer, look for Australian navel oranges, along with a complete line of specialty citrus fruits from the land down under. To learn more about these juicy, refreshing fruits, visit them on the web at www.dneworld.com. That's www.dneworld.com. Available loose or in convenient three-pound bags. Naval Oranges from Australia. Talk America Radio Networks is your choice for live interactive talk radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Some of the hundreds of affiliates broadcasting the Talk America Radio Networks include... 